Jesus tells us in the Bible of the parable of a merchant looking for fine pearls, and how this is similar to finding the kingdom of heaven. When you find the kingdom of heaven, your salvation is like a precious pearl. There is nothing more valuable than security for your soul. Just as in the parable when the merchant found just one pearl, he sold all he had to purchase it. This is Precious Pearls Radio with Sister Dana Rankin. Jesus, Welcome to Precious Pearls Ministries radio podcast where we are sharing the blessed Bible and the blessed hope. My name is Dana Carter and I am your host. I just want to say I really appreciate you tuning in and taking the time to hear what says the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in Christ Jesus' holy name, I pray that you will bless us and you will keep us. I pray that you will make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us. I pray that you will lift up your countenance upon us and fill us with your peace. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the blessings that you have already bestowed upon us. I ask you, Lord, to cleanse our mind from all thoughts and preconceived notions and ideas that do not conform to your perfect will and destiny for our lives. I ask you, Lord, to prevent our minds from deceiving us in any way by covering us with your precious blood that we may believe and think in your will for our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray this blessing with thanksgiving, and I thank you, Lord, for giving us the blessing that is talked about in your word in Numbers chapter 6, verses 23 to 26. To God be the glory. Amen. Precious Pearls Ministries, we have a verse that we like to use. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, and that is, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. That is my prayer and my wish for you, Ephesians 3.19. I would encourage you to highlight that in your Bible and to open your Bibles and let's study together. Today's message is going to be entitled, Is Christ Your Lord? I do not ask you, is Christ your Savior? But I ask you, is He really and truly your Lord? If He is not your Lord, then He is most certainly not your Savior. Those who have not received Christ Jesus as their Lord and yet suppose Him to be their Savior are deluded and their hope rests on a foundation of sand. Multitudes are deceived on this vital point, and therefore, if you value your soul, I implore you to give a careful listening to this message. When I ask you, is Christ your Lord, I don't inquire and say, well, do you believe in the Godhead of Jesus of Nazareth? The demons do that. Let's look in our Bibles in Matthew chapter 8, verse 28. Matthew, I'll give you a little time to turn to there. Matthew chapter 8. And on this radio broadcast, podcast, whatever you would like to call it, there was only one translation used. And so I'm not sure what translation you may have, but I use the King James Version of the Bible, which is the most accurate English translation of the Bible. There are no verses missing 
or words twisted around to say other things. In other podcasts, I will explain why I use this and only this translation. Let's get back to the scripture. It is Matthew 8, 28 and 29 reads from God's word. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergenses, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. Verse 29, And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? So, when I said there, do you believe in the Godhead of Jesus of Nazareth? This shows here that the demons do that, and yet they perish anyway. Although Jesus' disciples were slow to recognize his divine sonship, the demons were not. Jesus was first identified as God's son by the Father during his baptism in chapter 3, verse 17 of the book of Matthew. Later, Satan acknowledged Jesus' divine sonship, and that was in chapter 4, verse 3 and 6. And now the demons reiterated Jesus' identity as the son of God, which is a messianic title drawn from Psalms chapter 2, verses 7 and 12. The demons also recognized Jesus as the one who would someday judge and punish them. You may speak of Jesus Christ with the utmost reverence. You may accord him his divine titles in your prayers and yet be unsaved. You may abominate those who talk about his person and deny his divinity and yet have no spiritual love for him at all. When I ask you, is Christ your Lord? I mean, does he in very deed occupy the throne of your heart? And does he actually rule over your life? We have turned everyone to his own way. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. This describes the course which we all follow by nature. Before conversion, every soul lives to please self. Of old it was written, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And why? In those days there was no king in Israel. And that's referenced in your Bible in the book of Judges, chapter 21, verse 25. That's the point I desire to make clear to you today. Until Christ becomes your king, as referenced in, let me get to First Timothy Chapter 1, we'll go there next. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 17, it reads, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Next, let's go to the book of Revelation 15 verse 3. So that's at the end. Revelation chapter 15 and verse 3. It says here, And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Until you bow to his scepter, and until his will becomes the rule of your life, Self dominates 
and thus Christ is disowned. When the Holy Spirit begins his work of grace in your soul and in my soul and any soul, he will first convict of sin. He has shown me the real and awful nature of sin. When I was a child, I knew about God from my grandmother telling me and people in my life. There was pictures of like a Jesus on the wall and things like that. And so I knew that there was a God. I knew that he made the birds and the bees and I should thank him for my food. I would say a prayer that I memorized at night. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And then I would ask the Lord to bless my mom and my dad and my family. And I didn't realize when I became at the age of accountability that if I would have died at that time without my sins unforgiven, I would have been cast into hell. I did not realize at that time and even until later years in my life, how awful sin is. The Holy Spirit made me realize that it is insurrection, a defiance, a fist in his face, if you will, of God's authority, a setting of my will against God's will. He shows me and he, he shows us that in going our own ways, we're pleasing ourselves. I had been fighting against God. And as my eyes were open to see what a lifelong rebel I had been, how indifferent to God's honor, how unconcerned about his will, I was filled with anguish and horror. And I just couldn't imagine how the thrice holy God has not long since cast me into hell. One of my future podcasts will share my testimony and the sins that I have committed. I have broken every commandment that is listed on the Ten Commandments. And I agree that I, too, am a chief sinner. Have you ever gone through an experience in your life where you have really had your eyes opened to how sinful we are. There is a grave reason to believe that until we come to that point, we are spiritually still dead. Conversion, true conversion, saving conversion is a turning from sin to God in Christ. It is a throwing down of the weapons of my warfare against him. A ceasing to despise and ignore his authority. New Testament conversion is described thus. Ye turn to God from idols to serve, to be in subjection to, to obey the living and true God. That's First Thessalonians 1, 9. An idol is any object to which we give what is due alone unto God. That's the supreme place in our affections, the molding influence of our hearts, the dominating power of our lives. Conversion is a right about faith, the heart and will, repudiating sin, self, and the world. Genuine conversion is always evidenced by, Lord, what will thou have me to do? As in Acts chapter 9, verse 6, it is an unreserved surrendering of ourselves to his holy will. Have you yielded yourself to him? Read in your Bible, Romans chapter 6, verse 13, and we'll go there next. Right after Acts, 
the book of Romans. Six. Thirteen reads. Neither yield ye yourselves. Excuse me. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. We must as believers not offer any help to the old king that we had in our lives, which is Satan, sin and death, and his kingdom. We are still slaves if we are saved and have surrendered our lives to the Lord. But now we have a new master, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. We must give ourselves as instruments to be used in this warfare on the side of the rightful king. It is an unreserved surrendering of ourselves to his holy will. Have you yielded yourself to him? There are many people who would like to be saved from hell, but who do not want to be saved from self-will, from having their own way, from a life of some form of worldliness. But God will not save them on their terms. To be saved, we must submit to his terms. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. Having revolted from him in Adam, which is when we were born, firstborn, and he will have mercy upon him. Isaiah 55, 7 said Christ, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, all that is opposed to me, he cannot be my disciple. That's Luke chapter 14, verse 33. Men must be turned by God from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God before they can receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified. Acts 26, verse 18. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. That's in Colossians chapter 2. Verse 6. That is an exhortation to Christians and its forces continue as you began. But how have they begun? By receiving Christ Jesus the Lord, by surrendering to Him, by subjecting themselves to His will, by ceasing to please themselves. His authority was now owned, His commands now became their rule of life. His love constrained them to a glad and unreserved obedience. They gave their own selves to the Lord. That's Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5. Have you done this? Have you? Do the details of your life evidence it? Can those with whom you come into contact see that you are no more living to please yourself? And that's in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. Make no mistake upon this point. A conversion which the Holy Spirit produces is a very radical thing. It is a miracle of grace. It is the enthroning of Christ in the life, and such conversions are very rare indeed. Multitudes of people have just sufficient religion to make them miserable. They refuse to forsake every known sin, and there is no true peace for any soul until he does. They have never received Christ Jesus the Lord. That's in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Had they done so, the joy of the Lord would be their strength, as in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. But the language of their hearts and lives, not their lips, is we will not have this man to reign over us. Luke chapter 19, verse 14. Is that your case? The great miracle of grace consists in changing a lawless rebel into a loving and loyal subject. It is a renewing of the heart so that the favorite subject of it has come to loathe what he loved and the things he once found irksome are now winsome. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 
He delights in the law of God after the inward man in Romans chapter 7, verse 22. He discovers that Christ's commandments are not grievous. That's 1 John 5, 3, and that in keeping of them, there is great reward. Psalm nineteen eleven. Ask yourself, is this your experience? It would be if you receive Christ Jesus the Lord. But to receive Christ Jesus the Lord is altogether beyond unaided human power. That is the last which the unrenewed heart wants to do. And there must be a supernatural change of heart before there is even this desire for Christ to occupy his throne. And that change, none but God can work. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. Therefore, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. That's in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. Search for him with all your heart. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. You may have been a professing Christian for years past, like I was, and you may have been quite sincere in your profession, and I thought I was as well. But if God has condescended to use this message to show you that you have never really and truly received Christ Jesus the Lord, if now in your own soul and conscience you realize that self has ruled you hitherto, will you not now get down on your knees and confess to God? Confess to him your self-will your rebellion against him, and beg him to so work in you that without further delay, you may be enabled to yield yourself completely to his will and become his subject, his servant, his loving slave in deed and in truth. I pray that that message was a blessing to you today. And again, I would implore you to ask yourself, is Christ your Lord? So many people come up to you and say, did you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? And so few say, is Jesus Christ your Lord? I cannot recall a time when someone has asked me that question just in basic times when I was receiving a track on the street from people when I was in my sin and I was not saved. But I just pray that this message really resonates with you in your soul and that you really search your heart and ask the Lord to reveal all sin to you. Ask him to give you the strength to confess it and forsake it. I heard a man, Mark Cahill, who said, repentance is like when you have a house that's built of sin and you burn the house down to the ground and then salt the field so nothing can grow there again. And that's basically what repentance has to become in our lives. It has to be, become, it has to be where we ask the Lord to give us a hatred for our sin and ask him to help us to follow after him. And I pray that God's blessings rest upon you this day. I pray that you are pleasing to the Lord that he will enjoy your fellowship. I pray that you recognize that he is more than able to give you provision in your life. I pray that God's angels will accompany you on your right hand and on your left, and they shall guide you. I pray that God's goodness and mercy shall follow close behind you and be the guardians between you and your past. I pray that you will have good success because you move in faith and in strong courage. And I pray that your eyes see the salvation of the Lord. I pray that he keeps you safely under his wings and pinions. And I declare this day that you are protected and delivered from the evil of this day. I pray that you not stumble or fall. And I pray that the Holy Spirit anoints your eyes with eyes sad to see clearly and give you ears to hear precisely. 
help you to, I help ask the Lord to help you be wise in your generation, help your soul to rest in God's peace. I ask the Lord to make you strong and pleasing in his sight. I pray that the Lord will help you to eat the fruit of his promises in the land of the living and that you will enjoy long life and length of days because you have wholly trusted in the Lord your God. I pray that your habitation shall be a place where you will rest in his love, find hope for tomorrow, and joy shall strengthen you as you rest upon your bed tonight. I pray that he shall restore your soul and give you rest in the stillness and quietness of your home. I pray that you have a prayer chamber where the Holy Spirit shall birth a creative and powerful mind and give you sound ideas that will bring you great favor with him. And I pray that he will give you anointings in your life, your ministry, with good results. I pray that the Lord may be pleased with you in your life and that he will place his name upon your forehead. I ask you to call upon him and he indeed will show you great and mighty things you know not of. And I bless you in Jesus name. Again, I thank you for tuning in today to Precious Pearls Ministries radio podcast where we will be sharing the blessed Bible and the blessing hope. And until we meet again, Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. God bless you. When you discover the kingdom, it is worth everything you have to give up because you gain eternity with the Lord, the creator of your soul. And without him, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. How precious is a pearl. How precious a soul is to God. Thank you for listening to Precious Pearls Radio with Sister Dana Rankin. This broadcast is copyrighted by Precious Pearls Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.